we're launching in. So, sound guys, this is it. This is as much of an intro as we get. Um, I'm preaching now. Hey. Um, And the reason why I say that also is because if you want to listen to this later, it is on podcast for free, blazingfire.org. And so you go on there and you can see the little, you know, icon and you click on it and all of our past uh, messages are on there. It goes back quite a ways. If you go to the bottom and you say click more, um, like you can go back and listen to Paul last time he was here or whoever, you know, so, uh, but this will be on podcast. Um, and uh, tonight, I want to, first of all, I'm going to remind you of our vision. Blazing Fire's vision is um, to encounter God's transforming presence. And I mentioned to you a minute ago, I said, this is what we're alive for, right? To encounter his presence that changes us, that transforms us. To enjoy kingdom life as his family. You know, that we're a family of God, but we're a family of God to live out the kingdom life, which is different than this world, as you well know. And um, we are awakening world changers. Every single one of you is a world changer in wherever you go, in, in whatever sphere of influence God has placed you in. But one of the keys to being that influencer for the kingdom is to know that you are. You actually have to agree that you are. Otherwise, you just, you know, you'll just sit in a hole and do your job and not even think about kingdom things. But you're there to bring light and love and everything else. So that's our vision. This is what we exist to do. And here's another way of saying the same thing in different words is um, to receive God's love, to learn to love as a family, and then to be love everywhere you go. That's what we exist for. And um, tonight I'm going to remind you we we revamped our core values um, a while back, and we started to preach on them, and then we stopped for some really good reasons, but now we're going to jump back in again. And so about two months ago, two and a half months ago, Todd and I shared one night about core value number one. Um, and sorry, before I read this, let me just say core values are, are the... Um, the things that are most important that are non-negotiables. Um, we all have different, you know, things that we bring to the party every time we get together, for sure. Like, I don't expect um, that I would hit all of your core values. Like, you should have other core values for your life that aren't on here because, because there are things that are super important to you that, that are non-negotiable. You're not going to, nobody's going to take it away from you. But what we're saying is that in this home, in this environment, these are the things that are the most important. And it helps you to know you know, what am, where am I sitting? Who are these people? Do I want to belong to such a place? This, this will help you out. And what are we here to do? So, <clears throat> excuse me, the first one is, which we preached on a couple months ago, is enjoying, our core value is to enjoy the intimate presence of our good and loving Father. So we're getting a little more specific that, that we're saying it's about the Father's, uh, receiving the Father's love. Number two, um, celebrating our freedom and healing paid for in full by Jesus. This one we're actually going to teach on next week because Susan and I are going to do this one together, Susan Folkler, and she's off on retreat this week, weekend, so we're just blessing her with downloads from heaven. This week, we're going to talk about number three, following Holy Spirit's brilliant leading, but let me just read the rest of them first. Number four is affirming the intrinsic worth in all people. We will unpack that word for you, but there's a reason why we picked that word because we love it. Uh, number five, living life wholeheartedly with a whole heart. And what does that look like? Number six, choosing connection. We're going we're gonna to choose to connect with each other, not to run, not to, um, 
you know, divide, but we're going to choose connection as the family of God. And number seven, we're all going to participate, every age group, everyone's going to participate in God's ever-expanding kingdom. We've been invited in. So we will, we will unpack these over the next four weeks. And um, then we're going to have that, that day on February 7th that I just told you about, like a family night. We're, we're still going to have worship, but it's almost like, um, what would I call it, like a congregational meeting if we had such. But we don't we usually do that here at Blazing Fire. So, but we're going to just incorporate that right into the evening. So we're going we're gonna, to, next four weeks, we're going to unpack it. We're going to have that night. And then the following week, we're going to cover the last one, participating in God's ever-expanding kingdom. If you didn't understand all that, don't worry about it. That was just an overview. Tonight, okay, now you can really start the tape. All right. Now, this is all part of it. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about following the Holy Spirit's brilliant leading. Um, there's a reason why we chose that word brilliant, because he is. He's not just slightly smart. He's brilliant. Um, he's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And he wants to help so badly. Please, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. I know this helps some of you to see, but I also like to wonder. He's like, let me help you because I'm really good at it. Now, um, I, want, I, want to, um, I want to tell you, when we first started this church 13 years ago, this core value read a little bit differently, and that is that we, we, we roll out the red carpet to the Holy Spirit. We give him permission to be himself. And so the core value hasn't really changed. We just worded it kind of differently. But that, that imagery of rolling out the red carpet says that, Holy Spirit, you are the, you are the, the person of honor. And, and that impacts everything we do. It impacts, it's one of the reasons some people come in and say, why, why would you worship so long, you know? Um, well, because, because number one, enjoying the intimate presence is what we're alive for. But also because, here's, here's the truth, Holy Spirit really likes it. And he's the one leading. And, and uh, once we engage in the Lord's presence, we're really in no hurry to move on. When I was up here tonight, <clears throat> when Carla started, um, just started the free worship with Holy Spirit come and you're welcome here. I got so happy. I don't know how all you felt because he impacts us different ways, but I got so happy that I just wanted to laugh. Like, oh, I, I really didn't care whether we did anything else tonight or not. I was, um, you know, just taken by his presence. Um, I want to say this, though, that that's not always been true in my life. Like some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And some of you are thinking, that's kind of cool, I think, but I don't really know what you're talking about. And I would like to experience that maybe. Um, I was I was saved when I was in junior high. I did grow up in a Christian family. Um, so I believed in Jesus and I, I was I was a believer. I read my Bible. I did all that good stuff. Um, went to, went to college, went to seminary and in seminary, I took a class, um, that was uh, taught by a group of charismatic Christians, you know, Christians who believe in the infilling of the Holy spirit. I didn't really know that. I just thought I was taking a class. And, um, but the way they taught the class was very different because they were filled with the spirit. And as we were worshiping in this class, just like we did tonight, for some of you, if this is really unusual to watch so much expressiveness and around you, it was for me too at one point. And I looked around and I'm like, you know, I love Jesus, but not like that. I mean, they're sitting there weeping and laughing and I'm thinking, wow, that's really cool. But um, I, 
how do I worship like? How come I'm not feeling that? And um, those are good questions to ask. Those are the Christian life uh, has has got so much more and more and more for us. The more we want Him, the more we want the Lord. There's so much more. If you're ever feeling stale. Um, or like, wow, I think I've experienced it all, and you find yourself wandering away, let me tell you, you haven't come close to tasting what is yours in this life, let alone what's waiting for you in heaven. So when we get bored, it's because we've kind of left the, the journey for a while. We've kind of left the pursuit of the one who already pursued you from before time began. He is, let me tell you, he is hot for you, if I could say that, because he is. He is. Can I say that? Did I just say that? It's true. He is. And, and let me tell you something. It's, it's that burning from him. There's a reason why, why we're called blazing fire. It's his eyes of fire, his passionate love for his bride that starts to heat up our hearts a little bit and makes us go, Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I want more. And then we start to go, Ooh, who are you really? And how much of you can I really have? Those are great questions to have because they're just going to lead you into the more and more and more of Jesus. So I was in that class in seminary. I realized that I didn't, I didn't know Jesus like, like I knew Jesus and I love Jesus, but not like this. How come? Well, I start learning about this person called Holy Spirit. I mean, I grew up, I heard about, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I, I prayed the doxology and you know what I mean? Saying the doxology. I, I'd heard that before. It's just that I didn't know him. Um, I spent a lot of my time knowing Jesus, but not, but not the Spirit, not Holy Spirit. And so... I started to learn. They they taught me how the Holy Spirit came to to fill us and to um, and and to bring the kingdom of God right inside of us and just to burst out of us. I'm like, wow, this is really good. I like this. Um, except I had a lot of questions because people were speaking in tongues around me. They were doing really weird things. They were weird. <laughs> they were weird. Anyone anyone ever thought came here and thought people were weird? They were weird. They were weird, but there was something about it that was really intriguing. And here was my prayer. I said, God, if this is real, I want it. See, that has integrity. None of us want to get duped by, you know, whatever, the latest fad, the whatever. But if it's real, God, I want this. And so that was, that was the crack in the door that the Lord took and kind of pushed it wide open and I met with this team. They were from England. I uh, met with them after after class and had my questions that I that I wanted to answer. They were very gracious to answer them. And I said, "Well, yeah, I th- think think I want this. This is this. Um, and what I'm talking about now is what the Bible talks about as the baptism of the Spirit, which I would describe as the initial infilling. Some people are are, are a little confused about that. Is that the same as being filled? I would say the baptism is just whoosh, it's your initial dunking, you know, into the person and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you something, just because you've had that experience doesn't mean that suddenly you know him really well and you're walking and everything that's yours. Just like with Jesus, it's a long process. It's getting to know him, getting to hear his voice. It takes years and years. Um, but there's an initial time of of encountering him where suddenly you re- you know in a different way than before Oh, Holy Spirit is very real. <laughs> this guy's different than I thought he was. He's not just a, a tag along, you know, father, son, and we have to say something to round out the sentence, right? He's actually real. And he really wants to, 
He really wants to, to do uh, fun and amazing and powerful things in you. So I get up there and I said, I, I talked to them about my questions and then I said, yes, I want this. A few of them started praying around me and they were just praying for God to come and fill me. And um, they were just saying, oh, just, you know, pray, just, just praise him, you know, in English. Like, they weren't trying to tell me to speak in tongues. They were just, just praise him. Jesus, I praise you. And I, they're starting to pray for me. And I don't know, 30 seconds later, I just feel, woo, this is something I've never felt before. Really tingly warm, you know, going through my whole body. Every, every care is a million miles away. Um, I'm like, oh, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. Um, and it lasted maybe a minute or so. And what's, I look back and I realize the only reason it was that short is because I was kind of done. I'm like, oh, wow, that was cool. You know, like, like that was done. I could have kept going. Um, <clears throat> then I want, I, then that was like a little baby. Have you ever, little baby? Some of you, you know, baby gets really bland. I mean, first, of course, mama's milk. And then later they get really bland food, right, for the longest time. And they're kind of going. <laughs> and then the first time you give them a little something sweet. It could just be yogurt or something. But something that's sweet, they're like, ooh, what was that? You know, first taste of chocolate. Whoa! Is this legal? But what do they do? They're like, ooh, I want more. I want more. And this is what happens when we get a taste. It's to draw us into the more, what more is for me. So that's what the initial baptism does. It just fills you with something that's very different. It's a person not just a power. It's not the force. May the force be with you. That's awesome, but he's real. Um, and I'll tell you one other story because this is just a fun one. So that set me on a journey, and I start learning about healing and prophecy, and I'm like, I'm like a little kid in a candy store realizing, oh, wow, I get to do that? What? I get to play on that? What? And so I'm starting to learn all these cool you know, things about the gifts of the Spirit, um, and I'm going down to, I went down to the Anaheim Vineyard when John Wimber was uh, still pastor down there. And um, for those of you that, that know, remember him. Um, and uh, he had this huge, you know, uh, auditorium of, I don't know, a couple thousand people in his church. And so, you know, I'm this little ant up there somewhere, but just I'm watching all this worship. This is the first time I really was engaged in worship, you know, similar to what we do here and going, Whoa, <laughs> I didn't know we could worship like this. I was so happy. And um, and so, but then I, I remember thinking, but I want to experience more. I haven't, I haven't fallen out yet. I'm looking at these people that fall over. And I'm like, well, I want that. But I have integrity, meaning I'm not just going to, you know, flop on the floor and go, hey, I fell out. But I'm like, I'm, that's really intriguing to me. How come people, some people are falling down and, um, and, and remember, integrity, I don't want something that's not real, right? I nobody wants to be shoved over and go, hey, that was the Holy Spirit when it was really, you know, someone shoving you over. That's not real. So I said, I wanted that. And then also there was this thing um, about laughter. There was people who were like laughing a bunch. And in Anaheim, there were times where John Wimber would be up there and he'd be like, watch this. He'd like, oh, there he goes. He goes, the Holy Spirit's coming through and you're all going to start laughing. And it was just like a wave of laughter, you know, coming across the stadium. And um, now again, some of you are going, that's really weird. <laughs> I'm telling you something. When the Holy Spirit really shows up, really shows up, 
it, it's gonna, it's gonna wreck with your brain a little bit. Because especially if you're trying to figure everything out intellectually. But let me tell you, he has purposes for what he does. And, and it's not so much whether you fall or you laugh or you don't. That's not the issue. The issue is what's he doing in you? Why is he doing those things? And, and for some people who are laughing on the floor, like I've had people in our church who've, middle of worship, they're laughing and rolling on the floor. And some people are going, that's a, that's a little rude, isn't it? And, um, and afterwards we find out, I'm serious, these are real stories, that some of those people came in here wanting to commit suicide. And then the Holy Spirit hits them. And suddenly laughter does for them and breaks everything off that, that we couldn't have done. And we didn't even know about it. And the Holy Spirit's just doing it. And then there's a wild thing. The next person over is crying. They're laughing and they're crying, yeah. And then there's somebody else who's dead silent, you know. And it's Holy Spirit. <clears throat> because he knows what you need. And so often we, we feel like it's a menu. Like, well, okay, today I like to have laughter. And I'd like to have, you know... And I'll have two of those and one of those. It doesn't work that way. He, he meets you where you are and gives you what you need. So I'm in this auditorium. I'm with Doug Addison. This is, we're talking, how many years? 20 something years, 23 years ago. Me and Doug. So, you know, take a few, take half our years off. And there's me, little me and little Doug running around <laughs> together. We've had a parallel life for a long time. And um, by the way, I talked to him recently. He wants to come back too. So uh, we'll have Doug back. Um, so, I, so I remember, I was like, Doug knew too that I'd, I'd never gone out in the spirit. I'm like, oh, I want this. And so this laughter comes around, you know, and I, it starts hitting me and I start laughing. And I'd never laughed like that where, you know, where it hurts and you can't stop it. You don't even know why. And nothing's particularly funny except that everything is. <clears throat> If you've never experienced that, it's okay. Um, but I'm telling you, it starts to cleanse you. It does something deep inside. It's amazing how much toxins we keep in, and all of a sudden it just starts to release. And then um, Doug was behind me praying over me, and, and for the first time I fell out. You know, and he was there to catch me. And, and then he starts prophesying over me. That'd be Doug, right? He starts prophesying over me. I, I see a bowl of fruit, a big basket of fruit over you. And I still remember that 20-something years later. I share that story because, again, there's, there's more because Holy Spirit does want to draw us into experiences, but it's not for the sake of the experience. It, it's really for the world that God so loves. It really is. But let's take this from weird back to, you know, what seems weird at times back to what this is all about. It's, a, it's about for the, the world that God so loved that he sent his one and only son. Right, because because God loves you enough, He's going to come and meet with you and do amazing, dramatic things in your life. You can't always know when it's going to happen. You can want Him, but you can't make those things happen. You just have a heart that's ready, and He touches you at different points in some really dramatic ways. But it's because He wants you to know how real He is, so that you know how real the love is, and you're going to go out to this world and you're going to make a difference. And when you are filled with the Spirit, knowing who the Holy Spirit is, knowing that He empowers you, that He goes with you, you become a different kind of person when you're out there. You do. So can someone who has never had a, 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 an experience of baptism, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, can they go to heaven? Of course. Of course. Let me tell you, there's going to be all kinds of, every person in this room, myself included, there's going to be, there's going to be many things we could have experienced in this life that we did not. 
that was waiting for us. I believe that with all my heart. Did that ex- does that exclude us from heaven? Not at all. We have a Father who loves us. We believe Jesus is our Savior. We're already we're already um, born again, right? We're already experienced that new life. But there's more, and the Holy Spirit is here to give us more. Let me read something to you. Now we're gonna we're gonna make this meeting legal, okay? We're gonna pull the Bible out. You're like that was just a lot of stories, Brent. Are you just like? Trying to pull a fast one on us. I just thought it was important, though, to, in a sense, to draw you in with stories. And I'm going to show you where it is, okay? I'm going to show you this here. This is Jesus in, uh, in John 16. <clears throat> John 16. And I'm going to start with um, verse... Seven. <laughs> he starts out by saying, I got to put this down here. Sorry, I got to read this down here because I got to use the podium. Jesus starts off by saying this. He says, I'm telling you the truth. You know, verily, verily, you're King James. He says, I'm telling you the truth. Like, he's about to tell them something that they're going to have a hard time believing. So he starts it by saying, um, what I'm about to tell you is for real. <laughs> Listen up to this. It's for your own good that I am going, that I'm leaving you. What, Jesus, you can't. He's talking to his disciples who he spent night and day with for three years. You want to talk about attachment? They are attached to Jesus in a major way. You're You're going to what? You're going to leave us. And he says, oh, yeah, and let's check this out. It's actually for your good that I go. Okay, that's a big statement. Because unless I go, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, this is what he's going to do. He's going to show the world how wrong it was about sin, about who was in the right, and about judgment. Three things. You know what's interesting? If we don't read his description... We can take those three things. He's going to show the world how, how wrong they were about sin, um, about who was in the right, and about, and about judgment. And we can take that, and we can use that scripture right there to say, see, the Holy Spirit came to slam everybody and tell them they're sinners and they're awful. And they Can we go on and say what, how, how the Holy Spirit's going to play this out? This is fascinating if you've not really read this. He says about the first one, about sin... Verse 9, in that they refuse to believe in me. What? We don't, usually we're thinking of sin as all the, all the bad things we do. He says, no, you want the core of it? And that the reason we do things that are hurtful to ourselves and other people is because we're not believing who Jesus is and who he is in us. It's true. This is the core of all this. The more we see him and believe him, who he is, not only as the son of God who died for us and one day we'll be, we'll be reunited with him, but the one who lives in us and identifies himself with us and says, you are my light and you are my righteousness. Those things start to define us. And we're coming into more and more agreement. Does it happen overnight? No. Do we make mistakes? Yes, because we forget who we are. But isn't that fascinating? The Holy Spirit's the one who's going to tell us about sin in that we didn't believe him and believe in him. Check this out about um, judgment. So now we're in verse 11. Sorry. 
Let me see about judgment. Ten. Oh, about who was in the right. So yours says righteousness. In that I am going to the Father, and you will see me no more. Who who is in the right? Who about righteousness? That I'm going to the Father. See, some of these things don't really make sense. We're like about righteousness. So the Holy Spirit's going to tell you, you know, this is right, this is wrong. He does do that. Don't get me wrong, but that's not what this is saying. It's saying about righteousness in that he's the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to convince us Jesus is real. He did come to the Father. He went back to the Father. We are alive with him right now. We are one with him. See, that's the Holy Spirit is going to tell us the positive things over and over. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is who Jesus is, and this is who he is in you. And then, and then about judgment, um, in that the prince of this world is already condemned. What? That's not what we think about when we think about judgment. We're like, who's he going to judge? When we, we, and we're on our bad days, when we forget who we are, we're really good at judging people. Holy Spirit's judgment? Oh, in that I want you all to know, enemy's already been judged. Woo! That's what it says. So he's, he's convincing us of the truth of what it says in the book of Romans, chapter 5, many other places, that Jesus died to set us free from the sin that entangled us, and that, and that because of Jesus, we have a right relationship with God, even when we forget who we are, because nothing can separate us from the love of God. And as Christians, we keep thinking that the Christian life is about, is about being good enough. No, it's not. Jesus was good on your behalf. You do make mistakes when you forget who you are, but the Christian life is about growing up in all things in Christ, who is the head. That's Ephesians 4. And in him growing up in love. We're, we're, we're let, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you over and over and over and over again who Jesus is, who you are. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's going to tell you until you believe it. And then one last, one last part here. Jesus says, verse 12, I still have many things to say to you. He's like, man, I, I would overwhelm you with all the stuff I have to tell you, my disciples. They'd be too much for you to bear. However, <clears throat> when the spirit of truth comes, he's going to lead you to the complete truth. Since he will not be speaking out of his own accord, but will say only what he's been told. And he will reveal to you the things to come. Interesting. I don't know how any... Truly, and I don't know how any believer gets along well without intimacy with Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that brings the fullness of what Jesus started. Jesus came and he himself said, I can't tell you everything. It's too much. But my spirit, Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to do it. He's going to tell you all things. And he's going to let you in on some things that are coming in the future. Pretty amazing. So there's a lot of other places. If you've, if this is new to you, um, read John 14, chapter 14, and John chapter 16. Or if you want a, a, a reminder of who, who is the Holy Spirit, John 14 and John 16 are some really good descriptions of who he is. And let me read to you, um, since we just brought up um, Paul Young and the shack, he has a couple of uh, Holy Spirit who is called Sarayu in, in his book. He said, uh, Sarah, you says, you, you will learn to hear my, my thoughts in yours. One of the questions we have is what's God and what's me? You know, what's my thoughts? What's God's thoughts? 
Over time, you're going to start to discern. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. They listen to my voice. They know me. And the Holy Spirit's going to, he's going to speak to you. It's just that it sounds different sometimes. Um, Like if you're waiting for an audible voice, very few people hear that. I'm not saying that can't increase. I'm not saying God's not going to show up in some ways where suddenly many, many more people are hearing audibly. There's some amazing things going on around the world right now. People coming to Jesus, Muslims seeing Jesus in the middle of the night in their dreams. I mean, there's some awesome things going on. But I'm saying when God speaks normally, most of the time, it's not an audible voice. And, and therefore, people say, well, I don't hear from God. But, but the thing is, is that because you ask, when you ask the Holy Spirit to come and influence you and take over, that's exactly what he does. He starts influencing the way you think. It doesn't mean that every thought is him. But it does mean you start getting some really brilliant thoughts and some, and some thoughts about love and forgiveness and things that weren't your origin, didn't come from you. But, but if you're thinking he doesn't speak that way, then you're dismissing all of that as it's just, oh, that's just my thoughts. I don't hear from God. No, you do. And he, he'll, he'll speak to you through uh, how many of you cried in the middle of a movie and you start getting downloads about God's love for you or how you need to you know, love people more. That's the Holy Spirit. You're driving along and you see, I saw back of a bus about the king something in a bus. I'm driving and all of a sudden I'm just getting all this revelation about Jesus as king. And when I'm driving on the freeway looking at a bus, that's the Holy Spirit. He'll talk to you all the time and in so many ways. So, um, so I would say this, don't speak things over yourself like, I don't hear God. Don't do that. Turn it around. It's okay to make it a prayer. God, I want to I hear you more. Holy Spirit, help me to discern what's your voice. Those are great things to pray. But don't make declarations like, I don't hear God, because that's actually not true. You do. Um, and he's going to help you. Let me um, <clears throat> share a few more things, and then I'm going to... Oh, a couple more quotes from the, the, from the uh, shack. This is regarding, the, um, regarding religion, uh, regarding rules. And and, uh, Holy Spirit says, religion is about having the right answers. And some of their answers are right. But I am about the process that takes you to the living answer. And once you get to him, he will change you from the inside. See, rules, keeping rules can't change you. It will let you know that you're a rule breaker, but it can't change you. It'll let you know you need a savior, in which case the rules did their job. They drove you to a savior. That's exactly what they're there for. Once you're there, it's not rules don't keep you in line. It's it's this intimacy with Jesus, with the Father, with Holy Spirit. And let me read one more quote from uh, the shack. If you've not read it, it's a phenomenal book. I'll just say that much. When um, when the main character Mac asked Sarah, "You," that's the name he gave Holy Spirit. Um, if, if he would see her again, and in this book, it's a female, so I'm just letting you know that. Uh, she replied, of course, you might see me in a piece of art or music or silence or through people or in creation or in your joy and your sorrow. My ability to communicate is limitless, living and transforming, and it will always be tuned to Papa's goodness and love. And you will hear and see me in the Bible in fresh ways. Just don't look for rules and principles. Look for relationship, a way of coming to be with us. And he's talking about the Father and the Son and himself, herself. Sir, you. I don't want you to get tripped up on um, 
on the uh, gender. Um, actually, the gender issue, let me just say one overarching statement to say that uh, the Bible says that we were created in God's image, male and female in his image. And so whenever we look only at maleness, we miss the, the tenderheartedness, the, the nurturing aspects of of the females that are in this room that are very much a part of God because he, every woman, he made you in his image. Um, so therefore his image has to reflect those qualities. So anyway, I just didn't want you to get weirded out by that. That's partly why Paul does these things is he wants people to stretch their thinking a little bit and to realize just how big and good God is. So let me, let me say this. <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to read you a few things and then I'm going to see if anyone else has a quick something to share. Um, listen, as you, as you are filled with the spirit, as you learn to, um, you know, learn to hear his voice, listen to the nudgings are usually little nudgings. He doesn't usually hit you over the head with a pan, you know, bonk, like in the cartoons. It's, he, it's little nudges. What do I mean by that? It might sound something like this when you're at work, at school, walking down the street. That's not good for you. Do you really want to say that? Why don't you go encourage that person? See, sometimes right there we get a little nudge, and I'm not saying you're hearing an audible voice, why don't you encourage that person? I'm saying there's something in you that starts to get drawn to somebody who's hurting. That's the Lord. He's saying, go. And you're like, but I don't know what to say. He's like, go. I'll tell you what to say when you get there. Just love them. <clears throat> Here's another one thing you might hear. These are little nudgings from the Holy Spirit. Um, choose to love. Pray for their healing. This is for you personally. He might say, agree with truth. And then he'll tell you what that truth is. Sometimes when you're battling stuff, for you to encourage yourself in the Lord means that you're listening to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Okay, I'm feeling really bad. I'm feeling condemned. I'm feeling rage, whatever it is. Listen, he'll tell you. He'll give you a way out. Let him tell you what truth is. And then you start saying that truth out loud. He'll tell you what truth is. But you just got to get used to feeling those nudges. Like another thing you would say is, do you really want to agree with that? You know, that, that thing that's tearing you up. How about we give away that anxiousness? How about we, um, how about we forgive? These are the things he's going to encourage you to do. You might see a flower. The nudging might be, that's, that's like what the Father's doing in your life. You're like that flower. He might give you a nudging like that. He might, you might be doing your own thing doing your own thing, walking along, and, and uh, suddenly you get an, uh, somebody comes to your mind. I should really call them. That's the Holy Spirit. Almost always. And you know what? If it isn't, and you call them to say something nice, hey, that's a plus, right? But what we do is we just stuff it. We, we, we don't give it um, value when he's talking to us. We just go, oh, that's just me, or I'm too busy, or whatever. Why don't you call that person and see what's up? Because it's the Holy Spirit does that. He might say, a nudging might be, enjoy this moment. That's totally a God thing to tell you. 
we're always thinking, well, what am I supposed to do for God? He might be saying, shh, why don't you just enjoy what's going on right now? Let me into that place of hurt. I can help. And here's what I'm going to end with. Um, another nudging he might give you is you need to love yourself more. I already shared this before, but he, he woke me up with that about a year ago. I was in that half in between sleep and awake. And I'm very clearly, not audible, but very clearly in my first thought, you need to love yourself more. It wasn't in first person, I need to love myself more. It was, you need to love yourself more. I'm like, oh, okay. I know that voice. Okay, Lord. Now, what do you do with something like that? Ask more questions. Invite him into the process. It's God didn't tell me that for me to make me, myself better for him. He said it because he wanted to invite me into a journey. And I said, okay, Lord, this is my first thought, my first conversation, because I do converse out loud often with the Lord. And I said, well, God, I thought I was loving myself pretty well. I love myself more than most people I know, you know. Um, And he said, no, I want you to love yourself like I love you. I said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to show me how to do that. And that started a process. And I won't go into the long story because I've shared it before. But one of the things he had me do was to actually look in a mirror right in my own eyes, look deeply in a mirror, and say, I love you. Often. Let me tell you, you want to talk weird? That's weird. When you start... When you start doing that, especially if you don't really love yourself, oh, it feels really weird. Like, is this even okay? Isn't this pride? He's like, no, because you're agreeing with me. Pride is when you think your opinion is more important than God's. That's a whole other sermon. I'm not going there right now, but it's a really good one. Um, There's so many other scriptures I could share with you, but... We're going to have an opportunity in a little bit just to pray for people. Um, if you want a, a touch from the Holy Spirit, if you're like, I, I think I want to know more about this, or we're going to pray for you tonight. It'd be silly to have a, you know, a story like this and then not give you that opportunity. Um, but there's a few people I asked. Does anybody have a story uh, encounter you want to share? Come on up, Carla. Carla, who led worship. I wanted you to hear from a couple other people because it's important that you realize my experience is going to be different from everybody else's. And when you start hearing different experiences and encounters, you realize he touches everyone uniquely in the way that you need. Thank you. Um, just two things. Um, the first one has to do with the Lord saying, we all have our mountain. What is your mountain? Mine's the mountain of education because I, I teach in a public school. I teach second grade. And my question was, Lord, How? Okay, you said to take the mountain, but how do I take the mountain? And his instructions were, I want you to listen to me in the morning. Listen in the morning. So I set the clock er, um, for me to wake up early and just listen to the Lord. And it might be something like write a card to the PTA president. president thank you for the whatever she did. Um, go to the lunch lady today and just ask her how she's doing. The most recent one was um, go to the Christmas party. And I did not want to go to the Christmas party. <laughs> not at my school. Um, there's some really heavy-duty drinkers there, and their white elephant party is really kind of blucky, the kinds of things that they do. And so I was arguing, Lord, Lord, I, don't, I really don't want to go. But it was go. And um, so I did. And I, I was standing in the food line, 
waiting for something to get the food. And an aide behind me said, well, you know, I am an agnostic. Just say that. Just, you know, I turned around. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) You are? And I said, well, my husband was raised as an agnostic, and he has had a spiritual awakening. He is no longer an agnostic. He follows Christ. And she was just, what? Oh, really? Oh, well, she was literally attached to me then all night long. Tell me how. How did he, how did he have his awakening? She was saying, I'm such a left brain person. I can't understand stuff like that. I said, well, he is too, you know, but God. And so I, I, you know, just all night, I just poured into her. I didn't even talk to anybody else. It was her. And, um, I received a very, very beautiful note the next day saying, thank you. I now have hope that I can receive Christ, that I can have a, a relationship with God. So I mean, yeah, so it's just, you know what? Little step by step. It might seem like a tiny little thing. Write a card to this person. Say hi to this parent. Ask whatever it might be. But that's my mountain. And he said, you just do it step by step. Just listen to me. And, you know, get on this committee. I'm I'm currently on a committee where the Lord has me with someone who's in an alternate lifestyle. But the love is like, oh, just pouring out love on her. We now, we just love each other. (laughs) She has her lifestyle. I have mine. But I know the time is going to come when I'm going to be sharing with her. Um, The last thing I wanted to say was just don't negate experiences of children. Because I had a really dramatic encounter with Jesus when I was nine years old. Where the, the awesomeness of God so overwhelmed me that I was completely undone. I mean, just crying. When you have that happen to you where the holiness of God hits the humanity of you, there is no feeling like that ever. And you're so undone. All you can do is cry and cry and cry and cry. That happened to me. Um, Our church was having a series of meetings and revival. Um, Amazing thing happening the gold teeth, people getting fillings before we even knew that God did things like that. Um, legs growing out, arms growing out, backs, um, different things. And at that moment, I had just this manifestation of this. It felt like a huge knot in my cheek. And I, was like, I couldn't talk. But people were praying for me, and I was crying, couldn't talk, you know, weird, weird feeling. And the, it moved and moved and moved closer to my lips. And finally, when it got here, then I was just going to jabber, just jabbering like crazy. And it was just sounding like a babbling, you know, and that lasted for hours. In that same meeting, I watched my mom. My mom was having a terrible situation with depression. And um, she fell under the power. Well, to me, it just looked like she fell down. But what she said happened to her was someone so gently just turned her sideways. She felt hands up at her head and feet down, uh, hands at her feet and just laid her like a feather on the ground. And as she's down there, she was down there for hours speaking in tongues. When she got up, she could not speak English. 
And she, for hours after that, I would, I was asking her, mom, how do you feel? The best she could do is just give me sign language. And she, her head was swimming, you know, mm, you know, in the, in, in the middle of all this Chinese <laughs> coming out. But you know, I mean, the fruit of, of that was that God delivered my mom of a severe depression. And so, um, yeah, so I just want to say, you know, with children, that they that that opened up for me then a series of spiritual um, things that happened where I was literally seeing things in the spirit, seeing angels, seeing the demonic, and uh, having dreams and encounters with God that lasted for a while. So um, I just thank you for letting me share. Yeah. Anyone else? Do you want to do you want to share, Marilyn? Yeah. Did you have something? Sure. Yeah. Please. And earlier I mentioned um, John fourteen and sixteen. I want to say this. Um, I want to encourage us all to um, get back in the Bible more. Um, there's so much richness there, and sometimes when you've read it many times, you know it starts to lose its whatever you know flavor or excitement. Get a new translation, but even better yet, ask Holy Spirit to breathe life back into it. But this is what I wanted to tell you is um, if you have not read ever or in a long time the book of Acts, read it. Start to finish. Um, because because the book of Acts is really a story about how the church got turned upside down by the, by the Holy Spirit, by his presence. So um, if you want to see, like, what does a Christian life look like when you're filled with the Spirit? And you'll see several encounters where people got touched and filled with the Spirit in the book of Acts. So if, you, if this is intriguing to you, I've given you some really good places to go. Okay. Um, I'm, I was trying to remember the stories because th- this happened a while back ago. I didn't know I was going to share this tonight. But a few months ago, I think it was about a few months ago, I shared a story about a coworker who um, got healed of a migraine. And um, I'm just going to kind of piggyback on that. So same person. She's a coworker. We, we're, we're nurses. We work in a hospital on a nursing unit, and um, she was having a migraine again. So I was in the medication room. She actually came in. Um, we were in at the same time, and she's sharing with me, and you can see that she's in pain. And so I'm like, what's going on? And she says, I'm having a migraine. And um, so she starts to, um, I, you know, I didn't even ask her if I could pray for her because we already had that one time where I did, and she got healed. So I, I just reached my hand um, and touched her. And I just began praying over her and she started receiving it. And um, as she received it, um, you could tell that she kind of was like in the mode of maybe Holy Spirit just doing something in her. And so I'm just letting it happen. I stopped praying. And then um, at some point she just says, wow, it's gone. And, um, and so she shared with me, um, something at that moment, she said that, um, the last time I prayed for her, she had shared that with her husband and, um, her husband, she said he was really listening to her because she had not spoken about God in so many years in their home because she had been so mad at God. And I had no clue about that. I had no idea that she's been mad at God for many years. I don't, I don't even know where her you know, where she is with God, but, um, she's been mad at him. And so her husband was really intrigued at 
fact that she got ministry from God. And, um, and her comment to me after that was, it's so strange how God's coming after me. And I was just like, okay. So, um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, two or three weeks later, here we go again. She's having another migraine. And, um, and so, um, it wasn't just her though. It was a couple of other people. So we kind of gathered because everybody wanted, they wanted some, um, ibuprofen and I have it. So I said, Hey, meet me in the locker room. So I'm passing out ibuprofen. And, um, so, so this particular coworker though, um, I start praying for her. Actually, I grabbed one other person, um, that I know prays. And so I said, Hey, let's go in the locker room and let's pray for these folks. And she said, okay. So anyways, we're in there and, um, this coworker, she just, again, God just starts touching her. And this time she's just weeping and she's weeping. And I'm looking at the coworker that came to pray and she's weeping and, <laughs> and we're praying. Um, we're, we're kind of tag teaming praying, but they're both weeping. And I, you know, I just start to weep, but then, um, what she says to me is, you know, I just need to let some things go. And I I don't know what she meant by that, but I just know that every time she encounters God, God is showing her something and he is, he is showing himself to her. Um, so she got healed again of a migraine. And then the very next day, that coworker that came to help me pray, which I just thought she was being moved by what was happening with her coworker. And she told me, no, she, she had made a decision that, um, she had stopped going to church a while back ago. But um, she has a new baby, well, one-year-old, and she made a decision that if her husband does not go to church with her, that she was going to go to church with the baby without him. And um, because I just was thanking her, you know, thank you for coming and praying with me. She goes, no, I needed that. So God was touching her um, while we were praying, and she concluded that she's going to just go back to church. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So Brent was talking about nudge. Oh, it's not up there anymore, but he was talking about nudges. And um, and that's what that was for me, is just kind of nudging me. It wasn't like this big thunderous voice saying, go pray for them. It was just these little nudges of, um, you know, like even just laying my hand without asking if I could. You know, it was just, I just did it. And so um, sometimes that's just how Holy Spirit moves. Um, Let's see, I I have another story um, (laughs) that happened just, this is probably about a month ago. This is another work story. But I had a patient, she came in um, with a heart attack. And so I was, we just, we usually try to sit down and, and not sit down, but we usually teach our patients uh, how to change their lifestyle. And so I, I sat down with her, I had some spare time and I sat down with her and I just began teaching her about how to change her lifestyle. And when we got to the part of, um, and by the way, this, this patient was a Muslim. Um, and, but when we got to the part about stress, we were talking about stress, she just unloaded on me, like all these things that are happening in her household. And my only conclusion is, what do you do when somebody tells you all these things? Well, you pray because that's what we would do, right? That's the normal thing. So, so I wasn't too sure how she was going to receive prayer. And, um, and I said, well, would it be okay if I prayed for you? And, and she said, yeah. 
So, um, so I didn't use the name of Jesus. I did that intentionally. Um, and I just began praying for her and God was touching her. And I thought it was just so amazing, um, because she was actually receiving it. And, um, and then at the end, I actually had to leave. And, but right before I left her room, she said, big smile on her face. She goes, are you a Christian? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, just some things. I don't know. To me, when someone presents something, you just, you do what you normally do. And, um, that's what happened is I just decided to pray for her. Yeah. Yeah. Henry must've rubbed off on me. Isn't that interesting? The last couple of stories, um, have been in the workplace because this is where, this is where the kingdom is going. It's going out. We need to be together. We need to be reminded of truth. We, this, these are valuable times. I love being together with you as a family and where to go everywhere you go, where to be Jesus, to be loved to people. And, um, Paul, Paul said, uh, uh, in the book of Ephesians five, he said, don't get drunk on wine, be filled with the spirit. He's like, oh, you want a real high? You want something? You want something really good? Um, drink the new wine of the Spirit. And, and, um, but that word be filled in the Greek means be filled and filled and filled and filled. There's no end to it. There's no end to it. So, um, some of you in this room maybe have experienced the Holy Spirit at one point, but it's a distant, faded memory. Um, not supposed to be that way. He's a constant friend, companion. And I, I know we're wired differently. Like some people are more right brain, left brain, all that. I get that. Some more analytical, some more feeling. Did you know God made you that way? Y'all know that? And I realize in a place like Blazing Fire, we probably get slightly more percentage of the feelers than the, um, just by nature of who we are. But there are plenty of cerebral ones out here who, who don't, I'm not saying feelers aren't cerebral, but anyway, um, <clears throat> who are not, who are like a little discouraged because you're like, well, I don't have those encounters. Um, God made you for a reason. As you're asking the Holy Spirit to come and to fill you, he is. And he's using you and your intellect and he's grabbing hold of that to redeem it in all things for what you're alive to do. So I just, I don't, I want to make sure some people, they, they poo-poo experience and they say, well, that's, you can't, you can't make that, you know, it can't be all about experience. Well, I want to say, you know what? Love ought to feel like something. So if it's void of any experience and any feelings, that seems, that seems unusual to me. But, but I understand that we are not to base our walk with the Lord on that. So in other words, if we were counting on an experience every hour of every day and we don't, we don't get it, now all of a sudden we're, we're turning away from the Lord when actually he's right there with you all the time. He never leaves you. So having said all that, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just encourage you that if for any reason tonight you're wanting a touch from the Holy Spirit for the first time or for the umpteenth time, then I want to encourage you to, to come and receive. Um, there's, I want to ask the, um, I want to ask the 
team from the Philippines to come up here because they are loaded. They're loaded and ready to go. They were with Leif Hetland. Um, <laughs> see? No, come on up. <laughs> um, here's, here's another thing. Here's another thing. If this is still new to you, feel free to ask people questions later. You know? Feel free to come up to Lynn and say, Lynn, how can we just start laughing like that? <laughs> and he'll tell you. He'll tell you about the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. We're not, we're, I'm not highlighting certain manifestations as this is more spiritual. Not true. You're spiritual because Christ lives in you. Okay? And all I'm saying is, is get hungry for more and more because there's so much more for you. Um, Marilyn and, and Carla, if you're able to, would you come up and pray for people if you have the time? And um, lastly, if there's prayer teams uh, that are set for tonight, you're welcome to come up here. I'd love to have, I'd love to have lots of people praying. Um, and we may want to get catchers or go in teams. And one thing... I think you understand, even if you're new, I think you get that, that we are sincere, meaning we're not trying to put anything on you. We're sure as heck not going to push you over. That's never going to happen here. Um, but we just want the Lord to be the Lord. And if you choose not to come this way, that's okay. But let me, let me just leave you with this. Is I want to encourage you to share your heart more with Holy Spirit as a real person in your life. And so if you want more of him, tell him so. I want you, I want you more. I want you to take over just like you do with Jesus. Do the same with Holy Spirit. It, it's, you're going to start to be amazed at some of what the outcome of what happens. All right. So I hope that wet your whistle and that you're wanting more. And I bless you because we're on a great journey. I just, Holy Spirit, let me just do this. Holy Spirit, would you, would you come and touch every single person, whether they come here for prayer or not? Would you touch every single one right now? in a significant way, in a special way, let this year, Holy Spirit, would, would you encourage them more than they've ever been encouraged before? Would you breathe life on them? Just breathe life, breathe life, breathe hope, breathe encouragement in every single heart in this room because it's what you love to do. And, and we are saying, and, and if you agree with this, you can, you can agree, you know, using your lips out loud, but we're saying, Holy Spirit, we are available. We're available. I'm available for you to move through me as I go about my life to, to release love, to release joy, to release hope, to pray for people, to encourage people. Holy Spirit, use me. I want, I want you to. In Jesus' name, amen.